Hello, welcome back to part two of the more uh, personal podcast episode that I started recording for you last week. I'm actually just doing this back to back on the exact same day, (laughs) but you're hearing it a week later because we have weekly podcast drops or I try really hard to get them out weekly. It does not always happen. And sometimes I have to take breaks because um, it is a lot to produce a podcast. Um, so yeah, anyway, we're continuing off with the cliffhanger on how I got my skin back to normal really just a few weeks ago. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, part one, I would highly recommend going to listen to that. I also talk about, um, a book that I read lately that I absolutely love. And I think every single person who struggles with their mental health absolutely needs to read this book and implement the things that are in this book. Um, and I talk about a bunch of other things as well. So part two, skin. What did I do to get my skin back to normal? Which basically took from July, so July, 2023, this July, until it's November 7th right now. Uh, And I would say about, you know, three weeks ago. So July, August, September, let's say three and a half, three, three and a half months, which actually is not a long time, which is maybe not what some people want to hear, but around three months is a really normal amount of time for when the body needs support for you to start to see the results you're looking for, like the big results. You are obviously, um, as you implement changes, going to see improvement within. I've seen it with anxiety and panic attacks in as little as two weeks. Um, What is more common and more standard is about four to six weeks with the women that I work with in my breaking up with anxiety group coaching program, where I work with them for a minimum of four months. Um, it depends how compliant people are. It depends um, what their foundation is coming into the program. There's a bunch of different factors. Um, it depends on if they're taking supplements, if they're not taking supplements, like if they're comfortable taking supplements, things like that. Uh, so there's a lot of different factors to how quickly you can see results. Um, but like I said, I've seen in as little as two weeks. Um, what's more standard is four to six weeks. Um, and then around three months in is when you're really seeing the big, big shifts. But up until three months, you're seeing a lot of little wins, little tiny wins, which is a huge focus in my program. So if any of my clients are listening, you know that every single week I'm like, what are we celebrating? It does, it does not have to be big. It can be the smallest little thing, but it's really important to celebrate all your little wins along the healing journey. And so I'm going to ask you what I ask my clients every single week. Take inventory of your past week and share something with somebody. Celebrate something that feels to you like a win. So one way to accelerate accelerate our growth and evolution is to switch our focus 
from things that may not be exactly as we want them to be to things that are working and things that are making us feel good. What we focus on grows. So tune your focus to what's going right and watch as more of the same is going to make its way to you. Your mind is really, really freaking powerful. Anxiety is proof of that. So think back to the last week, the last couple of days. What are your wins? How are you feeling? What have you accomplished? Have you created any new habits? Nothing is insignificant here, okay? Nothing is too small. The greatest progress comes from the accumulation of baby steps. It's the compound effect. And at the very end of the compound effect, that's your big thing. So anxiety freedom right? No more chronic anxiety, no more panic attacks. Depression has lifted. That's your big thing, right? That happens at the end of the accumulation. You will get relief. You will get days where you have relief. You'll get weeks where you'll have relief. But the big goal of it being gone, that happens at the end with the accumulation of all the little baby steps and all the little baby wins. So some weeks, You might feel like you're taking these big, giant baby steps. And other weeks, you might be like, oh my gosh, I'm moving so slowly. It's almost unrecognizable. They all must be celebrated. They are all a part of your journey and they will all add up in the end to that big, big goal that you want. So when I say it took me three months just recently to clear my skin again, that doesn't mean that I just went from having a bunch of acne to one day waking up and my skin being clear. No, (laughs) it obviously was slowly getting better, you know, day by day, week by week, week by week. So when I first came back from Linden, um, I was reading a book called Fast Like a Girl by Dr. Mindy, Dr. Mindy Peltz. And I was super into her uh, clinical research, her observations, Um, her actual research uh, and kind of the argument she was making for fasting, because I have felt um, for a very long time that one, if you have chronic anxiety, you should not be fasting. Not at this time. It's not that it's not that you can't bring it back. You can't bring it in later, but there's very specific things that need to happen. Um, first, like all your macros need to be in place. You need to be eating enough food. You need to be, your body needs to be mineralized. Um, you need to be eating enough protein. Like there's, there's certain steps that need to happen before we can even have the conversation of fasting. Um, and then when all, once all those steps are in place and your body is actually nourished and supported and you are ready to take on fasting, if that is a, a strategy that you would like to bring into your diet, then it needs to be done very specific to women and cyclically around what's going on with your hormones. Obviously not if you're in menopause, but a lot of the fasting research out there is done on men and postmenopausal women. And a lot of the, the people like the nutritionists and the practitioners and whoever out there who's talking about fasting, they're not talking about it from the female hormone lens. They're talking about it as if it's just black and white, and this is how everyone needs to do that. Now, I have known for a very long time that that's not true for women. It's not like I just guessed this. Like The the research is out there. The conversation is out there that women need to fast differently, and then we also have to look at, well, 
are, do these women have anxiety? Uh, is there adrenal dysfunction? Like what's actually going on with these women and is fasting the right therapeutic tool for them right now? Um, and if no, then no. And then later we can bring it back in. So anyway, I was reading her book. I was loving her book. Um, it's one of my favorites that I've read so far about female specific fasting. And, um, so I wanted to implement, I felt that I was in a place, I, I was out of burnout. Um, my macros are on point. My diet's on point. Um, I felt like I was in a place where I could play around with some of her strategies. Now, I don't agree with everything. Um, she advocates for lower protein than um, my research uh, and my uh, clientele being women who have anxiety and panic and are working on their mental health. I don't think that people should be going like as low in protein as, as she kind of talks about. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with everything that she says. Um, but I did want to play around with what she was talking about in that book and see if, cause I, I used to fast, um, a while back and I never fasted like a guy. I always did it cyclically. Like I never was trying to do the same thing every day. Cause I knew from the beginning that that wasn't going to work. Like that's something I learned like in my basic nutrition program. Um, so I used to fast cyclically with my hormones and I loved it. Um, but her, uh, methodologies take it even one step further. So I was really excited about that. I had, I have a few alumni client from clients from the breaking up with anxiety group coaching program who have also been playing around with what she teaches. They were like seeing some really great results. And so I was curious. Um, and I think that, that contributed to making my anxiety worse. Um, I obviously do not think that that was the right decision for me at that time. In hindsight, uh, it doesn't mean that I won't try it again at some point, but I don't think that that was the right therapeutic tool or dietary intervention for me. So I stopped doing that. I did that for about like a month and a half and I stopped doing that. And what I went back to was eating beans and legumes uninterrupted. So what I mean when I say uninterrupted is with every single meal. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Meal one, meal two, meal three. I was having one, I am still doing this. So I am having one third cup of either beans and legumes with all of my meals, which I love. So I was always, um, I like to see women eating a minimum of 25 grams of fiber a day. Okay. And 25 grams of fiber on the low end. And then on the high end, like maybe 30, men actually need more fiber than women. I can't remember exactly the latest stat. I want to say it's 38 grams for men and 25 for women, like minimum, but don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure of the, the grams of fiber per day for per men, but, um, it is higher than women. So I like to see my clients actually eating more fiber than 25 grams, but if I can get them to 25 grams of fiber a day, that is a huge win. And then we work up from there. So for me personally, I was eating well over 25 grams of fiber a day. I've been doing that consistently for years and years and years. So let's say I have an avocado, for example, which is 13 grams of fiber. And then, um, 
Maybe I have some almonds. One half a cup of almonds is almost nine grams of fiber. So um, maybe I'm having chia seeds in a smoothie or a chia seed pudding. Two tablespoons is 10 grams. Um, And then maybe with that smoothie or that pudding, I'm having like raspberries or blackberries and those are really high. So one cup of raspberries is about eight grams of fiber. One cup of blackberries is around like seven point something. So between seven and eight grams of fiber. And then I, I never stopped eating beans and legumes. Like I eat those every single day with at least one of my meals, almost every single day. There's absolutely nothing I do every single day. So if anybody's listening to me or watching me and thinking like, Oh, she's perfect and does everything all the time with her diet and lifestyle. No, I don't even go for a walk every single day. Like I usually miss one day, like on the weekend, for example, I will still go out and walk because I live in a very walkable neighborhood. And so I do still have to walk to go to places and to get groceries and, um, to, to, to run little errands. Um, so I am always walking every single day, but I'm not every single day getting my like 7,500 steps in or 10,000 steps in. But my rule of thumb and my thing is usually like not two days in a row. So let's say for whatever reason, I have a really, really busy day and I'm not prioritizing my walk that day because it's, it's a choice that I'm making. Um, then, and let's say this happens on a Friday and then what I won't do is then also skip Saturday. So then Saturday I know, okay, I'm getting my butt out there for like a 45 minute to one hour walk. Maybe I split that up two half hour walks. Um, I like to do like this one big lap of my area that goes along the water. It usually takes me about 45 minutes. I can stretch it out and make it an hour if I want. So I'm not doing every single thing every single day. Okay. 80, 20, 80, 20 is my rule. 80% of the time I'm doing the things 20% of the time I allow for life to happen and and things to happen and I don't beat myself up. So except maybe water. Maybe the only thing I do for sure every single day that I can confidently say is drink enough mineralized water. Um, But anyway, so then I'm eating beans and legumes basically every single day, um, usually about a half a cup to a cup. And the amount of fiber will depend on the bean or legume. But, you know, let's say lentils, um, one cup cooked is about 16 grams of fiber. So I'm getting well over that 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. The change I made specifically for my skin health, because I have done this in the past when I had said in last uh, week's episode that my skin was the best that it's ever been during the pandemic when we were in full on lockdown. Um, it's because I was doing this. I was eating, um, fiber uninterrupted. Plus I have done all the previous work for my gut health. I have balanced my gut. I have identified and eliminated gut pathogens. Like I've done all of that work. Right. So it's not just like, Oh, the only thing I changed was fiber. Yeah. The only thing I changed was uninterrupted fiber fiber. Cause I had all the other things, you know, I prioritize sleep. I make sleep a priority. I move my body every single day. I eat enough protein. I drink enough water. Um, I have strong gut health and constantly supporting my gut health. All of these things were already in place. So it was like little tweaks, right? Um, so what I'm doing now and what I have been doing for a few months now is shifting 
my beans. So instead of just eating one full cup or half a cup with one meal, um, I'm really prioritizing getting beans and legumes with every single meal. And it's that um, one third cup with every meal. And then I've, when my acne was still bad and I was really trying to bring it down when it was still flaring up, what I did was I would add in more beans on their own as like a bean snack. And I would do it 90 minutes away from eating any fat. And there's usually some type of good quality fat in all of my meals. There always is because I eat a lot of animal protein. And so there's fat in there, right? So with every single meal, I'm having some kind of high quality, good quality fat as well. So 90 minutes away from my meals, I would do like another one third cup of whatever beans and legumes is kind of a a fat bean snack, not a fat snack, a bean snack. Um, And then I would do that a few times throughout the day. Like I was literally packing these beans and bringing them to work. And um, it was Canadian Thanksgiving uh, not too long ago. And I like brought all these little portions of beans and was making sure that I had beans with my meals and that I was eating beans. It's almost like taking a supplement, right? Like I think about it that way, like food is medicine. And so I was dosing beans in the same way that people would um, take a supplement. And, you know, the women I work with, In the Breaking Up With Anxiety four-month group coaching program, there's certain supplements that they take on an empty stomach, for example, and there's other supplements that they take with food. And so my beans are kind of like, my bean snacks are kind of like my empty stomach supplements. And so when I want to see quick changes and quick wins in my skin, I do this. I eat my beans and legumes uninterrupted, and then I get a bunch of bean snacks in there. Now, where did I get this idea from? You might be wondering. A few years ago, um, my good friend and colleague, Jenna, who is actually the Breaking Up With Anxiety community manager, so she's the other nutritionist who supports me in supporting the women of the Breaking Up With Anxiety four-month group coaching program. Uh, Her and I went to school together for nutrition, and then we worked together at the same restaurant afterwards, and now we also work together um, for another nutritionist in her online practice. And so um, she has been a big part of my life since 2015. Um, She is an amazing like plant witch. She has her own line of herbal products. So herbal supplements, herbal tinctures, um, skincare products. Her company is called Integration Herbals. I, I will link it in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. But anyway, years ago, um, she introduced me to the work of Lacey Phillips. And To Be Magnetic is her company, and she has a podcast called Expanded, which is fantastic. I highly recommend you actually, if you have listened to several episodes or or certain episodes, you will have heard me talk about this. Um, I was in her membership for a very long time. Um, I think the work that she does is just so fantastic for, um, reprogram, reprogramming, um, our subconscious mind and like these deep, deep, deep neural pathways that are just so, deeply programmed into us, like these trenches that we really have to do the work to, um, change. So anyway, Jenna came to work one day, we were working at the restaurant and she was telling me about, um, this woman that she had heard 
on Lacey's podcast, the expanded podcast called Karen Heard. And Karen is a biochemist. And she has since gone on and done a bunch of training in nutrition and um, she has a master's in public health. And she has quite an an exceptional story where her um, daughter was about 18 months at the time was poisoned by a household pesticide and she barely survived. Like the, all the medical doctors and all of the experts that she went to from the medical field told her that her daughter would live max a year um, and then she would die. And um, six months after the poisoning, it seemed like that's what the direction that it was going in. Um, her daughter was getting worse and worse and worse. Her her young baby girl, like it just brings me to tears thinking about it. Her liver and kidneys were beginning to fail. Nobody that she was seeing from the medical system had any answers. They basically told her there's no cure. Um, like she will not survive. Her immune system is irreparably damaged and, um, medical science has no way of rebuilding a new one. So she did what any mother would do. And she began doing her own research. So she um, would literally go to like medical school libraries and she would read and read and read. And she was researching alternatives. And she was looking at like all these different options, like outside of the medical field in like the holistic field, like literally anything, right? Like as anybody would do, like just imagine your child having that diagnosis. Like I would like, I would like, I, oh my gosh, the level of research I would do if that was me, like I would not be taking no for an answer. Um, and so she basically in all of her research, um, came across the power of like, um, beans, essentially like the soluble fiber that is in beans and, uh, legumes and psyllium husk. And she, gave this to her daughter. Um, I think she like mixed, like squirted it in her mouth with like a syringe all these X amount of times a day. Um, it's, I'm totally paraphrasing here right now. Right. Like, um, I'm going to put links for, um, you know, Karen's website, um, a couple podcasts that she's been on. Um, well maybe I'll try and find this expanded podcast, except it was years ago. Um, no, what I'll do is I'll link Karen's website and I'm also going to link Unique Hammond's um, website and her Instagram. Unique is um, tr- has been trained by Karen. She was one of Karen's clients um, who also has her own incredible hearings, healing story. Karen also has a book called They Said It Wasn't Possible. Um, so I'll link that. And Unique has a book called Your Taste Buds Are Assholes. <laughs> so I'll link all of that up. Um, Unique has her own podcast. So um, you can definitely dive into the world of the bean protocol, which is basically Karen saved her daughter's life. Her daughter is now in her 30s. She has um, no signs of any permanent damage. Um, and she did this through literally like the power of beans and legumes and, and psyllium, psyllium husk. It's just crazy. Um, so anyway, Jenna was like telling me this 
and we had already graduated from uh, our nutrition program at this time. And I was just blown away. I was just like, wow, <laughs> like what? Food is so crazy and so magical. And so I, I bought all of their books. I started binging their podcasts. Um, I actually bought Unique's program and I bought one of Karen's programs. She has a bunch of programs and I bought her program specific on acne. Cause at the time when I learned this, I wasn't, that's the only thing I was struggling with. Right. And so I was just, and honestly, I would have bought things from them anyway, just to learn what they were saying. Hey, 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 I am quickly interrupting this episode because if you are like me and you are a visual learner, I wanted to let you know about my free one hour webinar class called the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment that walks you through. Well, the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment, specifically how to optimize your digestive function, how to fix your gut, how to eat in a way that boosts natural neurotransmitter production and reduce inflammation, and how to bring your hormones back into balance. I love podcasts for listening to when I'm on walks or driving or cooking or cleaning. They inspire me and give me so many aha moments, but I am a visual learner. So I benefit the most when I can see the information presented in a clear and organized manner, like a slideshow. I don't really remember or retain information that well when it's just presented verbally, which is exactly what I have done for you in my three secrets to natural anxiety banishment training. And within that training, I share the top things that you need to be doing to optimize digestive function, boost neurotransmitter production, bring your hormones back into balance, all in a beautiful slideshow. So if you haven't watched that, hit the link in the show notes to get your copy of the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment free training emailed right to you. Okay, back to the episode. Whether I had had acne or not, I would have bought stuff from them. Um, <laughs> but this is where I learned about the power of eating beans uninterrupted. Now, I will say that the actual bean protocol itself um, is very strict. And so, and the love, you need to be very, very compliant. It is a massive lifestyle change. Like, it is like, no cheating, like no sweets, no natural sweeteners at all. So like honey, maple syrup, molasses, no artificial sweeteners at all or natural artificial sweeteners. So that includes like stevia, um, all of that stuff, no sweetened beverages, no coffee, no caffeine at all, you know, no lemonade, no hot chocolate, um, no chocolate, no dark chocolate, <laughs> no fruit, no fruit at all, no fruit juice, um, like no herbal teas. So no herbal teas, no herbs, no fragrances or perfumes. So everything needs to be unscented, like your laundry products, your soaps, your shampoos, your hair products, your body lotions, like no essential oils, no aromatherapy, no gum, um, no supplements, no supplements at all no soy protein products, no alcohol at all, no cinnamon. So any spice, but not the spice cinnamon, um, no dairy and none of those heavy saturated fats. So, um, 
butter, margarine, or uh, not even heavy saturated fats, like just no saturated fats. So like bacon, sausage, hot dogs, butter, margarine, lard, shortening, um, palm oil, like nothing like that. And then like what you are allowed is, you know, tons of protein, all the different types of protein. So eggs, meat, beef, poultry, fish, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then based on what condition you're looking to work on, and there's a bunch of different conditions that this protocol can help with, your dosage of beans and legumes is going to look different. So it could be up to six to eight separate times a day. And depending on what you're working on, uh, it could be more than that. Uh, it could also be that you have to separate your beans and legumes from your fats at all times. Um, and then you'll have one fat snack. So kind of like how I have the bean snack, you'll have the fat snack. Um, and vegetables. So vegetables with every single meal, lots of veggies, lots and lots and lots of water. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. I mean, there's more to it, obviously. Um, I'm not going to run through all of their <laughs> programs and their information. Um, but that's basically like the gist of it. So it's very, very strict. And, um, I never did it that strict to be clear. <laughs> I didn't cut out. I do have in general, like the stuff I use on my body, the stuff I use to clean my house, my laundry detergent, it's all green, it's all clean, um, but it is scented. Um, it's not unscented. I don't have any unscented things. I, I never, I didn't come off my supplements. I basically just um, researched the crap out of what they were talking about because I thought it was amazing and remarkable. And I asked myself, how can I implement some of what they're talking about into my life. And I went into it saying, okay, I'm going to just do some things. Um, I'm going to keep my coffee. Uh, I'm going to keep my supplements. I'm going to not worry about changing all of my products to unscented. Um, but what I am going to do is cut out some things from that no list. Um, and I never cut out herbal teas. I obviously cut out alcohol, although I didn't cut out alcohol until about seven months ago and I didn't do it for my skin. Um, I did it for my liver and my breast health, which can be another topic for another time. And now I'm just sticking with it because I love it. <laughs> and it's a lifestyle change that this is me now. Like I'm just not somebody who drinks. And that's not to say that I'll never, ever, ever have anything ever again. Like I don't want to put that out there. Um, but it's been seven months and I have no desire to have anything. I have moments where I'm like, oh, I'd really, I have moments where I'm still like, oh, it'd be nice to have a glass of wine right now or like a spicy marg or something like that. But it just passes quickly and I, I don't give into it. Um, but anyway, that's how I came across the bean protocol. Um, I think that it's fantastic. I think the work they're doing is fantastic. I think their theories and methodologies and the science they have to back it up is strong. Um, I do think that it can work for a plethora of health conditions, honestly, if not almost all health conditions, um, that includes mental health. But I think that a lot of people won't do it. 
because of how strict it is. Um, and the people who have literally exhausted their options um, and have tried everything else and they finally kind of land in the bean protocol and they do actually do it like in the way it's intended to be done and, and they're strict about it. Their stories are incredible. Um, you can hear their stories on Unique's podcast um, in Karen's book. And also um, I've spent a lot of time Googling the bean protocol and I've come across some really cool blogs like this, this woman, um, I don't remember her name or anything like that, but she had a ton of symptoms and she was on medication for her thyroid. I can't remember if she was hypo or hyperthyroid. Um, she had autoimmune condition like, and tons of symptoms like losing hair, fatigue, mental health symptoms, like all of this stuff. And um, I think, and don't quote me because this was a while ago that I read the blog, but I think she is like basically like... I don't want to say hundred percent better, like 99% better and like off all of her medication and all of that stuff. So there's just some really, really, really cool, inspiring stories. Um, that being said, I think you have to be really like dedicated. Um, so for me, I just took pieces of that protocol and I put it into my life. Um, and I also have put it into um, my programs and my work as well, because now I feel very strongly about eating uninterrupted fiber. And a pattern that I have noticed is when I go off of eating uninterrupted fiber, because I have been doing this since 2020. And so when I go off of uninterrupted fiber, then things with my skin will creep up again. I honestly just feel my best and I look my best, I think when I'm eating uninterrupted fiber. So it's not just about getting enough fiber for, during the day for me. It's very specifically about eating it uninterrupted. Um, and then also the last kind of thing I did for my skin um, was tweak my supplements and tweak my skincare a little bit. So um, I went, I focused more on detox and drainage because when we see breakouts, when we see things happening with the skin, yes, it could absolutely be diet um, and also gut health and drainage and detox. So if things are popping up out of the skin, why aren't they leaving through the colon, the liver, the kidneys? Like why are they coming out through the skin, right? So I went back on some products that I love by a company called Selfcore. I don't take these all the time, um, but I take them when I'm looking specifically to support detox and drainage. So, you know, I'll do like a, a parasite cleanse twice a year and I'll always prep first by opening up drainage, opening up the pathways of the body. Um, and then if anything's going on with my skin, I zero back in on that as well. So, um, I'm currently taking their CT minerals, their kale support. I always take magnesium. Um, so I take five times my body weight um, in magnesium. I take a high dose of magnesium and divided doses around um, throughout the day. So it's usually around 800 milligrams um, divided. I take vitamin D. I always take vitamin D. Um, one, I live somewhere where it gets dark really early for six months out of the year. And number two, even in the summer, because I get regular blood work, 
my vitamin D is low. So I know that I need to supplement with a higher dose of vitamin D and most people need to as well, but it does really help to, to know how much vitamin D you should be supplementing with based on your blood work. Um, so I, I've always taken those. Those are new. I think I said the kale support by Cellcor and then taking a binder by them and I rotate through um, their binders. And then I also rotate through, they have a product called Tudka, Advanced Tudka, uh, and then a Lymph Active. And so I kind of rotate through those. So it'll be like one month of kale support, one month of Tudka, one month of Lymph Active. Um, and then with the binders, it'll be like one month of the Biotoxin, one month of the Virad Chem, and one month of the um, HMET. Uh, and then I'm just kind of always cycling cycling through those. I mean, not always, but I will be, uh, I have been for the last few months and I will for uh, another month or two at least. So those are, that's what I did, um, to get my skin back on track. So do I feel frustrated when I have setbacks in, you know, my healing journey where like this stuff with my skin has technically started from when I was 12 years old. Um, and then it'll be so good for so long and then boom, something will happen. Right. Which, um, you know, maybe some people listening, they can relate to that in other areas of their life and even with their mental health and with their anxiety. Right. Uh, is it frustrating? Of course it's super frustrating. I'm human, but I don't linger in the frustration and the resistance for too long, because I know that those are blocks to the healing process or the body or the process of rebalancing the body. So when I have those feelings of frustration and resistance, that's me trying to control a situation. And while I can give my body all of the tools it needs to heal or come back into balance, I don't love using the word heal, but it's just, it's kind of hard not to use it sometimes. I just don't like to imply that I'm broken or you're broken. Like I prefer like stuck or rebalance or optimize, things like that. But anyway, um, so while I can give my body all the tools it needs to come back into balance, I can't actually control the process. Nobody can. The process of realignment or coming back into balance or healing is energetic. And the less resistant we are, the more energy is going to flow. So the more we trust the process, which is hard, but not impossible, the more we trust the process and do the work and let go of the timeline, the faster it will happen. And the more we try to force it and control it, the slower it's going to happen. So that's what I do. I work to let go of the control, which gets easier the more you practice it. Um, but I don't think it'll ever be this effortless thing. Like I let, I let go, I reframe, and I find ways to enjoy the healing process. And I'm always working on this. So for my skin, that meant going back to eating beans and legumes uninterrupted, um, which can get repetitive and like a little boring. So finding enjoyment in brainstorming recipes or different spice mixes or different ways I can make these beans and legumes and bring them into my food and my meals, finding enjoyment in that and getting excited about that and carving out the space to be like, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go back through all my recipes and the breaking up with anxiety recipe library. Cause there's like 400 plus And I don't remember all the, like I forget what's in there. And then I go through and I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I loved this recipe. Uh, I'm going to make that or, you know, Googling, um, and just 
this is creativity at its finest, finest, at its finest, finding, finding creative ways (laughs) to um, eat, eat my beans and legumes. Um, And then Another way that I'm like finding enjoyment in the healing process is I went to my local green beauty skincare shop and uh, the woman who works there is an herbalist and I love talking about her Uh, and I got some new skincare products and I started doing gua sha every night for 10 minutes and now I have this little five-step skincare routine that I never had before and I light a candle And I've come to really look forward to that little evening ritual. And this is a ritual that I probably wouldn't have started or I may not have started if it wasn't for my skin. Um, Another thing I'm doing is I'm being more strict with my work hours. Um, So really making sure that my mornings are for me and my evenings are for me. And that I'm doing these routines and these things that I love, which is like, my weightlifting, my spin, reading books at night, the gua sha, um, and just being really disciplined about when I sign on for work and when I sign off for work, and then just finding more enjoyment in these mornings and evening routines. Because another thing that I did with my skin that I can't remember if I mentioned, so I'm just going to repeat it quickly, is because last year, before I went into burnout, my skin broke out like crazy, I'm taking that as a sign. I'm taking my skin breaking out again as a sign that I need to slow down. And whether that's not what's happening again, like whether it's not that check engine light that's coming on like it did last year telling me, hey, you're taking on too much. You have to slow down. You're going to burn out again. If there is even a 1% chance that that is what my breakouts mean, that that is what my acne coming back means, I'm not taking that 1% chance. And I don't know if I'll honestly ever know the answer to that, right? The only way I'll know the answer to that is if I didn't, like, if I just kept going at the speed I'm going and I'm trying to push myself and do all these things, you know, I work three jobs uh, and then boom, I go into burnout again, then maybe I'll know the answer, but I'm not doing that. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm really reevaluating how I'm spending my time. And that means cutting back. If I have to cut back, I'm not going back there again. That was awful. So finding pleasure in the things I have to do for my body, but actually finding ways to enjoy it and look forward to it and thus enjoying the healing process. And really like what I'm doing is I'm creating more joy and pleasure in my life, which is something all adults need to work on. We grow up and we forget how to play. And it's actually very important to continue to play as adults. So how can you do this? You know, using your anxiety-free diet and lifestyle tools as your foundation, or for me right now, it's my clear skin practices. I'm using what I need to do to support my body to have clear skin as a foundation for joy and pleasure in my life. I already have the foundation for an anxiety-free life. I already have the foundation for a panic attack-free life, for a depression-free life. And I've already found ways to find pleasure and joy in that. And so now I'm working on keeping my skin clear and there's certain little tweaks in that foundation. And so how can I take my clear skin practices and 
use that as the foundation for joy and pleasure in my life. And so how can you do that with your anxiety-free practices? How can you take that foundation and use that to find joy and pleasure in your life? Which brings us to number four, which um, if you listen to part one, I was, I had like the six things that I was kind of going to talk about. So number four was something I'm obsessed with lately and it builds on this. Um, and it's something I never thought I would say, and it's my skincare routine. <laughs> I was actually thinking the other day that it's so funny how girls having a skincare routine is super normal. And it's something that I never had. Like all of my girlfriends have a skincare routine. It wasn't something I had because I had like a diet routine and a movement routine and a bedtime routine, right? And I just hadn't added in a skincare routine yet. Um, But, you know, girls having an eat well and lift and go to bed early routine is like weirder than having a skin routine. (laughs) These are the random thoughts that pop into my head as I'm washing, which I learned the other day is slang for gua sha or like what all the cool kids are saying. And I've actually had a few people message me about my skincare. And at first I was like, that's so random. Like I'm the anxiety girl. Why are people asking me about skincare? But I actually really like getting off topic questions. And it's actually not that it's that off topic because I do talk about toxin load and reducing that load as much as possible through your household products, your cleaning products, your skincare products. Uh, And I actually don't talk about that as much as I should. Um, But of course, People are going to be curious about what I use if in general I'm talking about using natural products as much as possible. So let me tell you about my little skincare routine right now. Okay, so how many steps is it? One, two, three, four. I think it's like four steps or five steps. Anyway, (laughs) this is all very new to me, guys. Um, So step one, my cleanser. Um, I don't really wear makeup, so I don't have a makeup removal situation, uh, because even when I do wear makeup, it's like this powder that I've been told so many times I need like a setting thing or something to get the powder to stay. I I don't, I just put it on. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, but I have this powder sometimes like that I put on. Uh, you know, for like a wedding or event or something. And then I have bronzer and then mascara, like that's my makeup. And I use olive oil to remove my mascara. Um, And then I just use the Eminescence, Eminescence. I'm going to put these in, I'm going to type it out in the show notes for you because I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, Eminescence Organic Skin Care Clear Skin Probiotic Cleanser. So I use that because I think my skin is acne prone. Um, So I use that uh, to cleanse uh, at night and in the morning, and I'll do a double cleanse at night. And then I do a little little spritzy spritzy with the uh, Provenance Apothecary Invigorating and Balancing Toner with rose and geranium. So I do a little spritz, and then I put on some cream, I guess, or it's called a correcting serum. So it's from Blasoma, and it's called Smooth A+, which is supposed to really help with, um, like, the redness, because obviously I have I have had so many acne flare-ups that I have scarring from the acne flare-ups. So I also use my Orion Red Light every single day on my face. 
specifically targeting um, the, the scarring and, you know, the redness and just trying to bring more even tone to my face. And so that's what this Glissoma correcting serum is um, helping with supposedly. And honestly, I, I, I do notice a difference. Um, and then I do a little spritz again with my toner and then I use a cream or no, sorry, that's a lie. I use a, a facial recovery oil. So that's also by Eminescence. Um, and it's a facial recovery oil. So I put a few drops of that. Uh, I rub it into my face and then I gua sha. So in the, obviously in the morning, I, I do, well, maybe it's not obvious. In the morning, I don't gua sha. I gua sha at night. It's about 10 minutes. I love it. I have my candle. It's so relaxing. Um, I don't do it every single night because uh, it depends on how much time I have to get to bed, but I would say I do it five to six times a week. And I've noticed a really big difference doing that as well. Um, so then I spritz again and then I put on a bomb. So it's the Josh Rosebrook vital bomb cream. It's like a cream facial moisturizer. So I put that on. I love the smell of it. It's so great. And then if it's at night, I'm done. That's it for my skincare. And then if it is during the day, then I put on a sunscreen afterwards. The sunscreen that I'm using is the Elta MD um, UV skincare. Um, it's for, again, those who skin that's acne prone. I don't love it, love it, love it in terms of ingredients. Um, I just have been using it for so long. Um, and I just bought a few months ago, another bottle. So when the bottle is done, then I'm going to switch to a much cleaner, uh, version. So stay tuned for what that is, but yeah, that is my skincare routine and I am loving it. And I have this conversation all the time, um, you know, with the herbalist when I go in and I'm talking to her, it was really funny. The first time I went in, I was like, you know, um, I was like, I'm breaking out. I think I, I have acne prone skin, I think, but I was like, honestly, I don't even want to say that I have that because what does that even mean? Like acne is a symptom, right? And it's a symptom of like gut health and diet and blood sugar imbalances and clogged detox and drainage pathways and stress and all of these things. Um, hormones, if it's cyclical, but even that is a symptom. So I'm literally telling her this, like word vomiting this to her. And I was like, so I don't even know if I have acne prone skin, but you know, I have acne right now. So I want to change up my skincare routine that needs to be super clean. Like I don't like putting like any crap on my body. <laughs> and she was like, are you like, what are you, are you like a nutritionist? Or, I can't remember. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm a nutritionist. And, and she was like, I a hundred percent agree with you. She's like, I actually, I'm an herbalist. I have a background in nutrition. I'm like looking into nutrition programs. And she was like, I a hundred percent agree with you that like 80% of skincare is from within the body. And then 20% is what you put on topically. Um, so I just love going in and having conversations with her. Um, so in no way am I saying, oh, if you have acne prone skin and you follow this skincare routine, that's going to be the magic solution, the secret sauce. You will never hear me say that because so much of your skin health is what is going on internally inside. So it was not one thing that made my skin better. It was 
all the little things. It was all the dietary and lifestyle foundational work I already have that I didn't have to make tweaks to. And then it was uh, a few little tweaks like not fasting anymore and um, using eating my beans interrupted changing my skincare, doing the gua sha, um, getting really, really serious about rest and taking time off work and having my morning routine and my evening routine. It's all of that. Okay. Number five, something that I am looking forward to. Oh, This is going to make me sound like a workaholic, which I kind of am, (laughs) or a recovering workaholic um, slash actually trying really hard not to be a workaholic, but I am so excited that at the time of recording this, it's November 7th, but you're going to hear it a few weeks later. I'm taking this full week off. Um, I have actually until next Tuesday off from my nine to five job, which is actually an eight to four. Um to refilm breaking up with anxiety. And besides going to the gym or a spin in the morning, you know, checking in on my clients and recording this podcast and last week's podcast, that's all I'm doing this week. And then I'm going to be spending the rest of my time, hours and hours a day, which I could not be happier about in my little breaking up with anxiety program redesign cocoon. So you might be like, why are you refilming the program? So breaking up with anxiety, the program, this is breaking up with anxiety, the podcast. Then we have breaking up with anxiety, the group coaching program and, um, coming soon by the end of the month is there's going to be a self-study version of the program, which I'm really excited about as well. But the program, so the self-study or the group coaching program is a living, breathing program. I'm always constantly looking for ways to improve it. I'm always listening to my clients' feedback. I'm always evaluating its effectiveness. Um, and I am committed to making it the best program that it can possibly be. So something that I have wanted to do for months and months and months is refilm the entire program to improve the user experience and set myself up for long-term success whenever I want to make any updates. And I actually started doing this back in January of this year, but I was still coming out of burnout and I did like, I didn't have the capacity. I really needed to not be working seven days a week. Nobody should be doing that. Um, and I really needed to focus on recovering from burnout, not refilming a program. So here's what I mean when I say I wanted to improve the user experience, um, AKA the women who go through the program and set myself up as the creator and the director of the program for a long-term success. So one of my main goals is to not only get you from point A, so you come into the program with chronic anxiety, panic attacks, um, you know, insert your symptom here, trouble sleeping, digestive issues, PMS, uh, brain fog, low libido, like what is going on? Obviously the main focus is anxiety, but the beautiful thing about supporting the body holistically is when you support diet, gut, nutrient deficiencies, nervous system health, and hormonal health all at the same time, um, you start to experience relief in many other symptoms in the program. And so I'm trying to get you from point E to point B as quickly as possible, right? So what that means is the trainings should be potent and easy to take action, right? I want the best possible resources in the program. I want a seamless user experience. I want it easy to navigate. I want it easy to follow step by step by step. 
And the way that it's been run for the last four years, it's not that it's not these things. It's just been living like in a Google Drive. And and now I have a new platform, Kajabi. If you have one of my workshops or my bundles or the recipe library or anything like that, you're familiar with Kajabi. So I want to move it into this new, move the program, which is like a beast, (laughs) into this new um, platform. So everything's all in one place. And I want to chunk down the training videos. So right now, the way it was filmed was um, week by week by week. The first time I ever filmed it, I was running women through the program live. So they were all in similar time zones as me. We all jumped on a call once a week. And I was like dropping the lesson. So that lesson for that week could have been anywhere from half an hour to an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Um, They had like a week to watch the lesson and then we jumped on a call and we worked on implementation. And so that's how the program was built and designed. And what I want to do now is create smaller trainings that are topic specific. So uh, in one week, we could have talked about We talked about, you know, three or four things in that one training. There was an educational piece and then there was a take action piece. And there's usually about two action steps you're looking to take a week. And so that was all rolled into one training. But what I want to do is chunk it out. So if it's like I'm talking about four different things, then those should be four different mini trainings. Right. And the reason I want to do this is because it makes it easy for people to go back and review. So once women have graduated the program, Or even like halfway through the program, if they're like, oh, wait, I want to go back and review the piece she said about protein, or I want to go back and review cycle syncing, but I don't need to watch the entire cycle syncing video because I know what to do when I'm menstruating, but I I can't remember what she said when I was ovulating. Obviously, um, if you're in the group coaching program, you can bring these questions into the group and you can ask them anytime you want. But the feedback that I have gotten from my current clients and the clients that have gone through the program is that it would actually be very helpful um, if the trainings were smaller and dedicated to one specific topic so that they could go back and review that and they didn't have to watch a 45 minute thing, right? So this is a change to the program delivery. It's not an actual change to the content, the information. Um, But with that being said, I I am going to make some small tweaks revamp a few of the videos while I'm in there, update a few of the lessons, because we evolve, humans evolve. I evolve as a practitioner, Practitioner research evolves. I expect myself to evolve. I expect that I'm going to go deeper into my research, deeper into my lifestyle habits, deeper into my dietary habits, deeper into my mindset work. And as I'm doing that, I am learning new things and I want this to be reflected in my work. I want this to be reflected in my program. I So I need my program and I want my program to be also easy to go in and update. So if the videos are smaller and shorter, it's way easier for me to just quickly go in and update the video, right? With some new thoughts. Um, and so that I can help the women go deeper and deeper into their work as well. So it's not always about going wide, which is what I see a lot of people doing. It's like, what more can I do? What more can I do? It's about going deeper into what you're actually doing and embodying it more. So it might seem like a small change, but it's actually going to take me a really long time. It's going to take me hours and hours and an entire week to do this, but it's setting me up for future success. And then I also have this rule of thumb where if somebody asks me 
a question like two to three times about a specific training, that means that there is room for improvement in how I explained whatever it was I was trying to explain in the training, right? So I want to be able to go back in, quickly re-record, make it easier um, for the women to understand, maybe answer those questions in the training. And that's obviously going to be way easier if a training is five to 15 minutes than 45 minutes to an hour, right? So this ensures that everyone in the program past, present, future, because you get lifetime access to the program whenever you sign up um, and you get access to all the updates. So the women who joined four years ago, like they're going to get these new updates, right? Um, So this ensures that everyone who has ever purchased the program and worked with me will always have the latest and most up-to-date effective strategies for tackling their anxiety. Should I have done this from the beginning? Yes, (laughs) I should have, but I didn't realize We don't know what we don't know. And I didn't know what the best way to build a program was. Like, I just wanted to film the modules. I wanted to get the information out there as quickly as possible. I wanted to help women ASAP. And now, four years later, um, I have learned a lot. I have learned a thing or two about program delivery. So I'm super excited to refilm the program with everything I have learned um, in mind. And also on Friday, so it's Tuesday right now, so a few days ago, Facebook told me that the Breaking Up With Anxiety Facebook group was four years old. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know the exact date of when the group opened. So how serendipitous, like I knew in general it's been four-ish years, right? But how serendipitous that I'm going to do this huge refilm literally on the fourth year anniversary. So If you have been thinking about joining Breaking Up With Anxiety, the four-month group coaching program, I recommend jumping in now because when the program refilm is done, which let me actually just pull up my calendar here. So that will be at the like end of this week. So once the refilm is done, then the investment in the program is going to go up. So right now it's 747 USD and there are payment plans available. It's going to go up to 997 USD payment plans available, of course. So, and if you sign up for the program now, uh, you'll technically be joining the old program. So um, I will be gifting everyone who is currently in the program right now within their first four months and anybody who joins now before the program is done being refilmed, they're going to get an extra month in the program so that they have time to actually go through the revamped version as well when it's done. So I'm going to leave a link for you to sign up or get more information in the show notes. And of course, you can always send me a DM uh, on Instagram or send me an email. Um, My Instagram is also linked in the show notes. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to chat it out with you. Uh, and help you figure out if breaking up with anxiety, my four-month group coaching program really is your next step and the best fit for you. Okay. Holy moly, I'm talking so much again. <laughs> uh, maybe I can't do these um, personal episodes as often as I thought um, because I do really want to do the educational stuff as well, unless you guys are totally loving this. But I think what I might actually do um, is instead of doing a whole episode or two episodes, apparently with, you know, these, these things, like what I'm reading, what I'm watching, what I'm obsessed with, what I'm personally doing, like all these kinds of things, 
maybe I can just start to bring those pieces more into um, the other episodes. So let me think about that. But let's wrap this up with an example of a boundary that I have. Um, So a strong boundary that I have is um, with my family and friends around my services and, you know, working with me and, you know, working with me for free in that I don't work with anybody for free. Um, not even my friends. Um, the only people that I support for free are my sisters and my parents. And even then, like I'm going over blood work for my, like my sisters and my parents right now. I did it for my best friend as well. So I actually have reviewed blood work, uh, for free for, um, a few of like my besties. Uh, but I've told them like this, this is it because this takes me hours and you have to wait for it. Like I'm not turning this around in a few days, like I would with a client, uh, or even a few weeks, like I will get to it when I get to it. And that means after I make sure that I am eating properly, I have slept, I have moved my body, then I've worked my other jobs. I've supported my clients. Um, I'm taking the time with Steve to nurture my relationship, which that's definitely, there's room for improvement there. Um, But we make a big, big effort to at least spend a lot of concentrated time together on the weekends. So once all of that's done, when I have free time, I will look at their blood work. And this includes my sisters and my parents. And I actually just got my dad's blood work back to him yesterday, like his blood work analysis. And I think I had that for two or three months. Like, and I was just slowly picking away at it when I could. Um, Same thing with my bestie. And then I said, you know, if you want to continue working together and you want like an actual protocol and you want my actual support for a few months, like I've helped a lot of girlfriends um, with cycle syncing and natural birth control And that's a minimum of three months, if not six months of working together. And I have charged them because that's my time. (laughs) That's my energy. That is an energy exchange. Like none of them have ever expected anything for free. Um, And I would think it's like ridiculous if people did, did like (laughs) we, people deserve to be um, compensated for their hard work, their education, their time. Um, and this is a strong boundary I have like, yes, this is what I do. This is my career. Um, I would love to help the people that I love and, and my family, but I will burn myself out if I'm just trying to help everybody. Uh, and there's not some sort of energetic exchange, I would get resentful. Uh, that would be people pleasing at its finest. And I have worked very, very, very hard. Uh, to overcome that. So that would be a very big setback. Um, And, you know, the pricing is fair for them. I have like a very fair friends and family rate, a very fair friends and family um, discount, and nobody has ever said anything. They're all super grateful. Um, But yeah, that is a really strong boundary. I have my mom's blood work. I still need to get that to her. I've been sitting on it for a while. Um, and then my other sister as well, I need to get that for her. And I share this with you because as women, we are essentially trained to 
be of service. <laughs> we are trained growing up, like whether it's conscious or subconscious, you know, based on kind of your parents or a culture or tradition that you grew up in. Um, but it's very deeply ingrained in a lot of women that like they are the ones who do everything. They keep the family unit together. They do the dishes and the groceries and all the housework and, and they remember all the things and do all the things. I mean, I know my mom did that, right? So that's what was modeled to me growing up is like the mothers are the glue. They keep everything together. Like women need to just be nice and smile and be pleasant and talk softly and not swear and oh God, like all of this stuff, right? Um, and so I share this with you because maybe you can see areas in your life where you're maybe bending over backwards for people in your life or you're people pleasing or you're going above and beyond, which is not a bad thing. But if, if you're doing those, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. Going above and beyond for people, uh, maybe in your career or people in your life, is not necessarily always a bad thing when it's not taking things away from you. And if I were to stay up late to get my blood work to my family faster or their blood work analysis to them faster or take on my friends for free and support them, that's taking away from me. That's taking away from the time I could be sleeping, the time I could be at the gym, the time I could be at spin, the time I could be doing meal prep, the time I could be with Steve, the time I could just be resting and relaxing because you need to rest and relax, um, the time I could be working with paying clients who, you know, I have to put food on the table. I have to feed myself. I went to school. I paid for this education. Um, I continue to pay for continuing education. I continue to devote hours and hours of my time to research and becoming the, the best practitioner I could possibly be. Anybody who goes to school does it with the intention of coming out with a career and coming out with a job at the end, right? Like, everybody listening, you have a job, you expect to be paid for your job. <laughs> so you can buy groceries and pay for your rent or your house or provide for your family. Right? So we have to think about things in that way. And, and when somebody is asking something of us, or somebody needs our help or support, we need to have a very serious, open, honest conversation with ourselves if we have capacity for that. And that's like my biggest boundary is, you know, I will help and I will support people as much as I possibly can, but it is always within my capacity. Do I have the capacity? Do I have the energy? Do I have the time? And does it take away from the things that I need to do to support my physical and mental health? Those are the things I always ask myself before I say yes to something. Okay, so there you have it. Something I watched lately, something I read lately that I loved, something I watched that I loved, what I'm currently focusing on in my health and why, uh, something I'm looking forward to, something I'm obsessed with, an example of a boundary I've put into place, uh, plus a million tangents that I went off on, but 
this is kind of what I anticipated for the episode. <laughs> um, I didn't honestly think I would talk for this long and that I would have to put it into two different episodes. Um, but I did want it to feel more like a conversation between friends. And this is exactly, exactly the kind of things I would talk about with my friends. Um, and I would love to hear from you. Like, did you even like this episode? Would you like more like it? Um, I do want to try and cut it up a little bit and maybe not make it so long. Um, or are you just like, stick with the straight up educational episodes, please. I won't be offended. Uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram or send me an email and let me know. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality. And there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action. And the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode. Bye for now.